This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Doncic. Down to three seconds. Two seconds. Doncic for the win. Oh, yeah! Luka Doncic! It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat here, and now we welcome into the show Dan Bespris. Follow him on Twitter by his name. Check out his work. The man's everywhere. He's the assistant GM over at Hoopball. He's got some plays for tonight. And uh, Dan, let's start with uh, post-All-Star break. It's certainly been noteworthy that the Jazz are not the Jazz that they were early on in the season, but I, I assume most of us expected that. There was no way to keep up at that pace. But uh, if we're talking just second half, small sample size, what is most noteworthy to you? Yeah, you know, the second half it has, like you said, it, we're, we're only a game or two, three, I guess, for some of these clubs into the second half. Uh, what's jumped out so far is that the Hawks are winning some games. They, uh, they got that coaching change bounce and it seems to have lasted a little longer than we're accustomed to. Usually there's kind of a game or two where guys get up and admittedly their competition has not been as strong. So we're still kind of looking for that, that signature win. the Hornets continuing to be successful has been a bit of a surprise to me. And then I'm staying in the Eastern conference here. Uh, the Pacers just not being that great this year. I, I, I figured they would sort of just kind of rumble along around where they were last season. They're four games under 500. I know that they've dealt with some injuries and uh, Oladipo was there and then not there and then traded. Uh, but 17 and 21 really surprised me. I, I expected more out of that team. If you go over to the Western Conference, you mentioned the Jazz. They're obviously still good, but I think teams realize that they don't have to go quite as high on the throttle as they were for so long. So now they're kind of doing just enough. They're figuring out what it takes to just get those wins in the regular season. Uh, but they're a pretty darn good team. And and I get the feeling that they do have that, uh, that additional gear. And Jeff, when you look at the Western Conference, is it pretty much a two-team race? Because Utah, they seem like a really good regular season team. But in the playoffs, you know, they got those guys that could create their own shot in the final couple minutes, like a LeBron or an AD. I don't think they do. But what about the Phoenix Suns? I feel like some people are still sleeping on the Suns in the West. Are they just a good regular season team? Or come playoff time, could they match up with the Clippers or the Lakers? Did you say Jeff or did you say Dan? Oh, Dan, my fault. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were talking to someone else. <laughs> Should I jump in here? Um, yeah, so uh, I actually like the Suns. Um, they have an interesting blend. They, they've uh, they've shown the ability to defend, which is a big thing come playoff time. Uh, and Chris Paul is just, he gets this bad rap for having teams that flamed out in the postseason. But if, if you dig pretty deep into the numbers, it was very rarely his fault, other than you could you know find those small sample size games where he wasn't very good. Uh, I like the Suns a lot, actually. I, I think they have... They have they have spacing uh, at, at times. I know their three-point shooting waxes and wanes, as does that for a lot of basketball teams these days. 
but I like Phoenix. I, I think they've got a good mix. Devin Booker has turned himself into a very efficient scorer when he's not sort of the primary point guard type player on that team. So they can get buckets. They can defend. Uh, they're, they're slowly getting healthy. So their bench has been a little bit better here. That's helping now maybe less of a factor in the playoffs. I don't think they're a championship level team, but you know, the fact that they're second in the Western conference is not a fluke. They've been good at home on the road. You know, I, I know the old adage defense travels is a little bit sort of outdated, but it is how they've gotten it done. I like Phoenix a lot. I think they make a, a decent playoff run. I don't think they make the finals. Uh, Dan, I want to throw a topic, uh, at you that we discussed early on in the show. Uh, we do uh, a segment called nickel or dime. Basically the, I, the premise is would you bet one unit on this side or would you bet two units because the, the payout isn't as great on the other side. And we were talking about odds to win the title, the Sixers at 12 to one or the Clippers at plus 550, uh, which side do you prefer? Mm, give me one unit on the Sixers, just because, you know, it's an Eastern Conference, Western Conference thing. The Clippers' path is tougher. So the fact that they have those better odds just mathematically doesn't really make sense. I, I, I think the Clippers have a pretty good shot to make it out of the Western Conference, but most likely they're going to have to go through one or more of, we talked about the Jazz, the Suns, the Lakers, the Nuggets. There are... Uh, multiple legitimate title teams uh, in the Western Conference. In the in the Eastern Conference, there's actually a shot that if something crazy happens, the Sixers right now would only have to go through the Heat and like maybe the Hawks or the Knicks or something like that, depending on how the bottom half of that that uh, conference shakes out. Now I realize we still have plenty of time left and things can flip around, but at the moment the Sixers are on the other side of the bracket to the Nets and the Bucks, and so at this exact cross section, this this one brief moment in time, it could totally change three days from now. Uh, the Sixers have a maybe we only need to go through one true legitimate title type team to get to the finals. Dan, are you out on the Bucks after what we've seen from them the last two years in the playoffs? Like last year, that's kind of a bad example to use because it was a bubble situation. But two years back, Eastern Conference Finals, they blow a 2-0 lead to Toronto. Are you out on them? I am out on them. Yeah, I still, I, all season long, I've been watching Bucks games, ex trying to see if they had begun to figure out the answer to that formula. And the answer to that formula, unfortunately, is... Giannis does need to change his game a little bit, or they need to change the way their offense is built, where he's playing a little bit more off ball things that they, we haven't really seen them do. And maybe they're holding it secret, but that's what I thought they were doing last year. I thought they were keeping it in their bag until playoff time. The playoffs came around defenses packed the paint. They did. They do the same thing to LeBron in the Western conference, but the Lakers found a way around it that the bucks still haven't shown me. And they continue to be a very good regular season team. But you do also, if you track them throughout the season, you see the teams that employ that type of defense. The Heat, the Raptors have done that to the Bucs over and over again, and they still haven't fully solved it. Now, that's not to say they can't get past these teams because the Raptors aren't as good this year as they were last season. The Heat, I would argue, are starting to get there, but I don't know that there's going to be that same magic without the bubble, and the Bucs might just overwhelm teams like that. But if you take a better team a team with more talent and and use that same kind of defense i still haven't seen it from milwaukee so i and, and this is like you know learn learn from mistakes i two years in a row i said okay i think milwaukee's gonna do it this year and i've been wrong both times so fool me three times <laughs> <came> on me <laughs>
It's got to get to three times. Uh, with Dan Bespris, assistant GM at Hoop Ball. This is Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat, BetQL Daily here. Uh, what about tonight's card? We get 10 games before everyone starts talking about the madness nonstop, but we get a, a nice card tonight with 10 different games. How many uh, contests do you have targeted? You know what's funny is you get these... You guys know how it is. Sometimes you get a 10-game card, and there's one thing that looks remotely interesting to you. And then yesterday, I think we had was a seven-game card, seven or eight yep. games yesterday, and there were like three or four that looked really interesting to me. This happens to be, unfortunately, you guys, Dan, let's talk about NBA betting. I was like, oh, I'd like one thing tomorrow. Uh, this happens to be one of those cards for me where uh, a lot of the stuff that I use to handicap didn't really jump off the page. I, I use a lot of motivational angles, stuff that I don't think is cooked into the line already. Um, the, the few things that jumped out, Raptors potentially getting a number of their guys back for this ball game. Not all of them. It sounds like OG Ananobi is still not cleared to play, but I believe Freddie Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam are expected to make their return for Toronto. So that's something to monitor. Does that overinflate the line if these guys are not fully reconditioned after missing a number of weeks with COVID? Uh, and then the Mavericks and Clippers are on the second half of a rematch set. I don't know what we what the preferred nomenclature is for. What the I know we well, should well, come up with something because it, it happens every few days. Yeah, and it's not a home and home because it's in the yeah. same place for both. So I've just been calling them rematch sets and rolling with it. Um, I, the Clippers strike me as a team that the focus kind of comes and goes a little bit. I feel like they got their statement win in the last ball game uh, coming off the ugly loss where they just didn't show up. I think that was against the Grizzlies, if I'm remembering right. The Mavericks had embarrassed them earlier this year. And so they came out and they played really good defense. The Clippers were were really locked in. What, I, what I'm looking at in this ball game is, uh, number one, the line actually seems to have come down a tiny bit from the first meeting, which is a little bit surprising given the way that ball game went. Paul George hasn't looked right over really a couple games going into the All-Star break and then now coming out of it. And the slump was sort of, he gets knocked for a lot of reasons, and that's not what this, this little brief segment is about. I just think that he was a guy that was never going to shoot 51% from the field for an entire season. So you're seeing a little bit of that uh, reversion now. Uh, so unless the Clippers get another very good game from Kawhi and unless the defense is locked in like they were two nights back, I like the Mavericks actually to get a little revenge in this rematch set. Dan, you still see any value in any futures? Like if you look at the MVP market now with Embiid, he's going to miss a couple weeks here with that bone bruise. You know, Jokic is playing really good basketball. We expect LeBron, you know, he said it a couple games ago, he's going to take the second half of the season really seriously. Do you see any value still with the MVP voting or anywhere else? Yeah, you know, I think the MVP voting value was probably a bit earlier on this year. There was uh, a pretty strong NBA push to get Luka into that driver's seat. But the Mavericks have dealt with, they dealt with COVID for about three weeks and it sort of knocked them off and, and they've been better lately, but went through a long patch where they were playing sub 500 ball. So that probably isn't going to happen. Because of that early season push, you saw value on guys like you mentioned, Embiid and LeBron and Jokic. Uh, if LeBron stays healthy, it's probably his now. Um, Embiid most likely had it locked up without this knee hyperextension or contusion or whatever they want to call it. Uh, but the Sixers are actually showing that they're winning games big even without him. Uh, LeBron getting the Lakers focused, these blowout wins against some decent teams involved. I mean, they beat the Pacers. We just talked about them underachieving, but... 
the Warriors. Uh, LeBron's incredible. You know, the leadership that he's shown. The I know the Lakers supporting cast is is decent. They're not like, you know, it's not like LeBron two or three years ago when when it was with Lonzo and, and Ingram and those guys. Um, but, you know, it, the MVP vote tends to be a little bit narrative-based. They don't want to give it to Giannis again. Uh, even if he he probably ends up, uh, you know, numbers wise, he probably is the guy at this point with Embiid out. So ten to uh, one, not a smart play for Giannis, just because two straight years you don't see him doing it a third straight year. It ain't it's happening. Like, yeah, it ain't happening. They, they're not <laughs> even even if the numbers probably would say he should get it right. with Embiid missing time. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So I think you have to lean LeBron at this point, even though there's not a ton of value left there. Plus uh, two five today on points bet. Uh, Dan, last night I, I saw you tweet that you got a pack. How'd it go, man? I got I, a pack. Luck, luck, luck was not on my side. You know, I'm a, I, if a few weeks in Top Shot feels like you've been in it for six months because it can be stressful with the packs. Uh, no luck last night in either drop. I know one of our producers, uh, Dylan Burns, he tried to get one. He had no luck. So nobody on this show had any luck, but I was happy to see that you got a pack. Yeah, I got a pack. I, I, uh, I I've now turned on notifications. I learned, you know, yes. I'm a little bit of an old man at heart. So at first <laughs> I was like, I can I'll see the message and I'll figure this out. Um, I was number 18,000 in line. I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I, uh, I got the pack while I was sitting in traffic, driving our nanny home at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, look, I might need you to like make a dapper payment for me. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I've sort of created this weird persona in the fantasy NBA world where I like to draft all the really old players, the veterans where you know exactly what they're going to do. And they're going to be quiet producers in fantasy all season long. And I feel like the gods of Top Shot saw that because I got a Serge Ibaka moment, a Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> moment, and a, uh, and a Maxi Kleba moment. So I went like three for three on guys many people haven't even heard of. And I was like, oh, sweet. These guys will round out my fantasy bench with the yeah. top side moments. <laughs> You're a floor guy. Don't give me the ceiling. I, I don't That's want right. to, I don't want any risk. Very safe. Even though you don't have the top shot this world board yeah. behind me, and like I don't draft any of these guys because they're all really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, let's make sure we do this again throughout the rest of the NBA season. All right. Absolutely. This time is wonderful. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. Uh, that's Dan Bespris. Make sure you're following him on Twitter by his name, at Dan Bespris. Assistant GM over at Hoopball, doing some great work over there. Really likes uh, one thing tonight, and that could be a good thing. If you have some conviction on one one game, I'll listen to you on a 10-game card. Not Horvat. He's got like seven, eight plays. He's going to share those seven, eight coming up next. Best bets time. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.